Hey there, all y'all podcast listeners, Sarah here, and I wanted to give you a heads up that what you're about to listen to is actually from another podcast that Chris and I have been experimenting with for a while called Stuffed and Busted. It's an irreverent look at the food scene in North Louisiana. And this episode is all about Lucky Palace, and we thought you might enjoy it, so we're putting it on the all y'all podcast feed, and we will be back with more stories very soon. Until then, here's a toast to great storytelling and duck on scallion pancakes. Stuffed and Busted. Hi, I'm Chris J. And I'm Sarah Abair. This special episode of Stuffed and Busted is a deep dive into the world of Lucky Palace. Google describes Lucky Palace as a white tablecloth Chinese restaurant offering locally flavored menu and a list of fine wines. And uh, that's that. I guess that's a pretty fair description of Lucky Palace. But for many of us, the restaurant is so much more than that. On Thursday, February 15th, 2018, the James Beard Foundation announced their list of semifinalists for the annual James Beard Awards, and Lucky Palace Chinese Restaurant in Bossier City was right there on the list nominated for Best Wine Program. You could totally argue that this is the most prestigious food and wine award in the world. On March 14th, Lucky Palace will learn whether they're actually a nominee for the award, and if Lucky Palace is nominated, and especially if it goes on to win, Bossier City, Louisiana will be in the food and beverage spotlight as it has never been before. And if we're being honest here, it, it may never be again. This magical restaurant is overseen by one of the most beloved restaurateurs in Louisiana, the one and only Quan Lim. You can mention his name to nearly any chef or foodie elite in the state, and it will bring an instant smile to their face. I'm I'm smiling right now, just saying his name, Quan Lim. And a prime example of that is when we spoke with Chef David Bridges for episode one of Stuffed and Busted. By far, Quan Lim is one of the most uh, generous and passionate and loving people I've, I've ever, ever been happily friends with very very good friends uh i mean gosh he he even bought me my wedding suit you know <laughs> but we we've we've traveled a lot of the world together and his food over there is is by far the best uh chinese in all of the state it's not just shreveport or Bossier. and you could even go to the highly lauded city of new orleans and talk to the chefs there and they all know Quan lim for sure i mean i I've just walked randomly with Lim into vineyards in Napa Valley and the winemaker come running out, oh, Quan Lim! I mean, everybody knows Lim. The same thing, walking down the street in New Orleans and the sommelier of Emerald comes running up, Quan Lim! Uh, Frank Brightson, especially John Besh, they're all, everybody loves Lim and knows him. And, and it's all out of respect. If, if, if he didn't know what he was doing and the food wasn't any good and the wine pairings weren't any good, then he wouldn't have that admiration. But you wrap all that knowledge up with his big heart and soul and you have one of the most unique dining experiences you're ever going to have really, really anywhere. Just in case you think this is one of those things where locals adore a place because they've been eating there for 20 years, but the place isn't actually that great, that's not what this is. Here's Tom Tomlinson from Monterey, California. He manages 24 states for Morgan Winery. Morgan Winery produced Wine Spectator Magazine's 2017 Wine of the Year. He's a BFD in the world of wine, and he manages the highly respected Morgan portfolio for the entire eastern United States, which includes cities like, you know, 
New York City and New Orleans. Just saying. He's been interviewed here by Wallace Levy McKeel, who you'll hear more from later. It was a case of, you know, not, trying not to judge a book by its cover and uh, meeting, meeting Lynn for the first time was a great experience because I was just thoroughly impressed by his, his passion, his, his expertise in wine, uh, his curiosity, and um, I thought, wow, this is, uh, I wish there, were more, wish there were more restaurants like this in my territory throughout the East. Like a lot of you who are listening to this podcast, we go to Lucky Palace to eat and drink. But we also go because we love our friend, Quan Lim. So pull up a bamboo chair, spread a red cloth napkin in your lap, and ask for the wine list, baby, because we're heading to Lucky Palace. Any conversation about Lucky Palace, like any great meal, should begin with wine. For an expert's perspective, we invited sommelier and wine specialist Wallace Levy McKeel to share some advice on what to drink at Lucky Palace and how to pair wine with Chinese food. Also, I want to say a quick thank you to Purveyor of Fine Wines, the New Orleans-based company that Wallace works for. Not only do they provide some of the incredible wines that you find on the menu at Lucky Palace, but they also made it possible for us to spend time sampling and learning with Wallace during this interview. So thank you, Purveyor of Fine Wines. And now here's that sweet sound of popping bottles and Wallace's insight into Lim's wine program at Lucky Palace. Is this a bubbly rosé? What is this? This is a, this is from a producer called Trevo Schlosser. It's a champagne. It's a brute rosé champagne. Um, something that I would definitely pair with a lot of the dishes on the Lucky Palace menu. Um, I think this is great with, uh, like the le- the duck pancake, like screams this to me. I am Wallace Levy McKeel. I am a wine specialist. I currently work for a company called Purveyor of Fine Wines. We are a direct importer and distributor based out of the Port of New Orleans. I currently represent the North Louisiana market selling their portfolio and one of my accounts is Lucky Palace. My first experience with Lucky Palace was when I was touring the territory with my boss Jeff Haviside and he said you have to see this crazy place. It's one of my first experiences and he said it was legendary for him so we pull up and I'm mildly confused and there's the Beaujolais and Suites under the interstate and the rack to rack sign on the side of the building and he's like you gotta go we gotta go talk to Lim. I think Lim's palate um, is super refined. He knows what he's talking about. Um, He likes like quality burgundy wines high-end California well-made wines, wines with stories, wines with history, and I just say kind of like wines with backbone that are meant to age. You can look at that list and it all makes sense because not one thing is out of place. Not one thing is not like the others. They're all high quality, well-made, hard to find, or he's been sitting on them a long time, aging them personally from his own stash. And uh, they all kind of sing in the same chorus if you look at them. If you're a wine geek like me, you sit down, you look at this list, you turn pages, and you just start salivating. You're just like, really? Really? You have that? Oh, and that? And it's stuff that you never expect from an Asian cuisine restaurant. I mean, you walk into any other Chinese food restaurant in the city, you're most likely going to find, like, you know, Copper Ridge on the list or something. And But he has this diverse deep list and he's one of the only places in this town that serves champagne by the glass like that's that's crazy but yeah it is a cohesive deep and 
it's it's symbolic of somebody who's a big collector and a person who's very passionate and it's obvious are there are there unique challenges or opportunities that exist in pairing asian food with wine that you know you, you wouldn't have at say a steakhouse absolutely it's harder to pair Asian food in general, given the array of flavors and flavor combinations. Uh, You have different levels of spice, sweetness, and different types of herbs that create a challenge um, when pairing wine. But it's really fun and exceptional. I think Southerners have an edge because we have, in our Southern cuisine, um, similar levels of spice, strange, like, flavors, like we eat bugs, you know. it, it gives us an edge when pairing, um, and I think that once you understand the mechanics of pairing wine and tasting wine, some really crazy, amazing things lie ahead of you when doing it with Chinese food, for sure. That's requirements. That's perfect. We're going to do some word association real quick, okay? Right. General So's chicken. General So's chicken. I would go with this, for sure. Champagne. Duck on scallion pancakes. Uh, Pinot Noir, especially like California Pinot Noir. Yeah. Beef and broccoli. Oh, he's going to say Bordeaux or high in Napa Cab. Crispy fried T-bone. Uh, Chateau Neuf de Pop. Thai green curry prawns. Uh, Gewurztraminer or dry Riesling. What about burned cabbage? Yeah, I think this, I, you know, honestly, burned cabbage is tough because cabbage in general. Mm. He's got that Kung Fu Girl Riesling you were talking about. Great. Gewurztraminer um, would be great because cabbage, artichoke, asparagus has this very unique property that makes it almost difficult to pair. It can be overwhelming. Um, and the only, yeah, I would do like a Gewurztraminer or a dry Riesling or the only other thing I would really say would be like a, a really interesting fino sherry a spanish sherry that is a psalm's dream okay like a wine geek's dream to like get off of a shift you really want some chinese food and oh my gosh they have like this crazy 1997 dry riesling that i can have with it yes it's exactly what you want (laughs) yeah so lim built the shrine for all wine geeks to go and bow down to it's right there Since we're already talking wine, now is a great time to stop and thank our episode sponsor, Jason Brady Restaurant Group. If you love food and wine in Shreveport, Bossier, you already know Jason Brady's restaurants, Wine Country Bistro on Line Avenue and Parish Taco in downtown Shreveport. But here's what you may not know. Every Thursday night, the Wine Country Bottle Shop at 12 Oaks hosts a complimentary wine tasting from 5 to 8 p.m. And any wine lover will tell you that the best way to learn about wine is by tasting as many different styles as you can. These free tastings at Wine Country Bottle Shop are an outstanding opportunity to develop your nose and your palate and, you know, even your vocabulary for free. There are two great ways to stay informed about these tastings. Like the Wine Country Bottle Shop page on Facebook, it has its own separate page from the restaurants. Or better yet, sign up for the Cadre Hospitality Group email newsletter. And to do that, you just visit jasonbradyrestaurantgroup.com that's jasonbradyrestaurantgroup.com and scroll down to the e-newsletter sign up i get it and let me tell you it's an email that i look forward to getting every week or so in my inbox cheers to jason katie 
Judd and everyone in the Jason Brady Restaurant Group team for supporting Stuffed and Busted. We appreciate you guys. All right, back to wine and Chinese food. Chris and I have been interviewing people on and off for almost uh, like two years in preparation for this episode. In all of those interviews, again and again, every single person we spoke to shared their love of the same Lucky Palace menu item. Can you guess what it was? Duck and scallion pancake. Duck on scallion pancake. The the duck pancake. We did the uh, duck on scallion pancake. The duck on scallion pancake at Lucky Palace really is a thing of efficient, delicious beauty. A thin scallion pancake shot through with effervescent jolts of green onion topped with crispy skinned Peking duck and finished off with a drizzle of hoisin sauce and a dollop of hot chili oil. Despite the name and its presence on the appetizer menu, I would argue, and I know this is a little crazy, but stick with me, I would argue that it's actually the best pizza in the city of Shreveport Bossier. What about like the best nacho? Oh, it's kind of a nacho too. Kind of a nacho. Um, And to better understand why we love this dish so much, we went to the source, the man himself, Quan Lim, on what makes the duck on scallion pancake so special. That's probably one of the signature dishes that, uh, for the restaurant. It's like a new version of the uh, Peking duck. Instead of the uh, pancake, we use the scallion pancake. And then we, of course, the hoisin sauce, uh, scallion and uh, boneless duck. I think the secret is the roast duck. Okay, so that's a pretty good description, but we turn to our friend Angie White to get to the heart of the matter. Angie is one of the leaders of Slow Food North Louisiana, and she is a huge proponent of Lucky Palace. Over the years, she's probably introduced more people to the restaurant than just about anyone we know. So the duck and scallion pancake, and I've never attempted to make a a Chinese pancake, so I don't really know what goes into that process. But if you've ever ordered mugu gai pan or something like that at a Chinese restaurant, you know, they're somewhere between what we would consider a pancake and a tortilla. I don't don't really know a better way to describe them, but they're fairly light. Um, What makes that particular dish special, in my opinion, is, um, you know, a lot of people at first when I tell them we're going to order this, they may tell me, oh, I don't really love duck. Well, that could be because their experience with duck is it was a really gamey duck that their uncle shot, you know, during hunting season, and maybe they didn't know how to cook it right, or sometimes, you know, duck just kind of have that gamey taste. So um, I really love taking people there and kind of changing their mind about duck because that dish at Lucky Palace is the duck is cooked so perfectly and I've never had it once when it wasn't cooked perfectly. It's tender and yet it has crispy skin on the outside. It doesn't taste gamey at all. I don't know the source that Lim uses, but the, the duck is just always cooked perfectly and there's something about the there's a little bit, it's a very subtle, almost sweetness to it, but then you put that chili pepper sauce that comes with it on it, and it's just this most beautiful balance of flavors. Um, and I don't ever use a fork and knife when I eat it. I just get messy. The stuff is dripping down my arm, but um, it brings me great joy. Yeah, so I'm ready to make a Lucky Palace trip right now, but we've still got so much to share about the Lucky Palace experience before I can hop in the car. And there's a whole lot of stuff in the menu that food lovers and chefs and home cooks adore. Speaking of chefs who love Lucky Palace, I think it's time for a Boz break. Woo! Because really, is there ever a bad time to hear from Boz Balcom, the wild man chef who owns and operates Maryland's Place in Shreveport? I have uh, (laughs) a very regimented Sunday evening of The Walking Dead and 
a smooth $100 worth of Lucky Palace for delivery in the privacy of my own home. And uh, go ahead. No, like what, what's on your... So you're basically creating your own buffet. Oh, yeah. It's food for 10. <laughs> it's just for me. I usually uh, I order the uh, Singapore noodles, which is a combination curry-flavored, uh, very small rice noodle. And then I get the crispy T-bone medium rare. I get an order of dumplings, two orders of crab rangoons, the Chinese sausage fried rice, Ugh. the cold sesame noodles, and then I've started to pick up the, uh, you know, for health reasons, the spicy green beans. We, yeah, I those get are the, good. Yes, they're very good. And then, uh, let's see, Saigon, dumplings, rangoons, crispy T-bone, uh, the green beans, and the Chinese sausage fried rice. So good. And then we open everything up and put it all out on the counter and just destroy it. How long have you been doing this? Uh, about a year. I uh, It used to be, uh, I went for four or five months, I was on a pretty hard diet. And that was my cheat day. My one cheat day was, you know, 12,000 calories, but it was still <laughs> only one day, which is why the, the, why the diet took six months. But uh, it, it was, you know, just, it was my gift to myself. The restaurant's closed on Sunday nights. It's my only night to just be a couch potato and sit at home. Can I ask, does, sure. does Lim know about it? Does... He, well, you know, it was, it, I was very private about it. I would, I would pretend that I had a house full of guests when the when the delivery man called but i have been lim himself delivered to me one day and we realized you know he my the the cat was out of the bag and then uh it's funny because uh the apparently it has been it's public knowledge at at lucky palace that i'm a good tipper so they kind of fight over who gets to make the run, and it's fun. It's it's a it's just a great Sunday night. Sometimes I have people over, and and people will call me just on Sunday night because they know what's fixing to go down. And they're like, "Hey, I was just in the neighborhood. Thought I'd come by." And I'm like, "Yeah, right, okay." But it all centered around just eating really good food and watching The Walking Dead. Thank you, boss. I guess I need to find a way to get all up in Boz's Sunday night buffet. Yeah, yeah. Start texting him now. We'll be seeing you on Sunday, Boz, once uh, once Walking Dead comes back. Okay, so we've established that people love Lucky Palace. But let's take a step back for a second to assist those poor, unfortunate souls who may have never walked through those doors. What's Lucky Palace... What, what is Lucky Palace? So Lucky Palace is a Chinese restaurant and wine bar. It's located right down the road from Diamond Jack's Casino in Bossier City. And as we record this podcast in 2018, it's been there for about 20 years. There's a huge dining room and by modern standards, a sizable wine bar. While the hotel that Lucky Palace is attached to has gone downhill, Lucky Palace has continually made improvements. There's such a dramatic contrast between the dilapidated hotel lobby outside and the bustling, fragrant, laughter-filled restaurant and bar that lies behind those twin doors of Lucky Palace. In other words, Lucky Palace feels out of place, but somehow it also feels natural. It's like walking into an abandoned building and finding there's a garden growing inside. 
And for me, taking someone to Lucky Palace is like a little taste test to see if I will get along with them. I've taken everyone from like high-powered Hollywood agent types to first-time friend dates um, over to Lucky Palace just to take the temperature of my company. And shout out to all y'all storyteller, Maya Lau. We had our first girlfriend date there, and I knew we would be fast friends after that. So how did Lucky Palace end up where it is? Sarah caught up with Lim at a house party recently and asked him about that. That's right. We're pretty cool because we go to house parties with Quan Lim. Yeah, that, it felt cool just, just saying that out loud. <laughs> so Chris really wanted me to get you on record to tell the story about how you chose the location for Lucky Palace. Because we, we've heard all kinds of different versions of... Inexpensive rent. <laughs> well, I was looking for a place to relocate and... Uh, traveling around and I was on my way to San Antonio and I stopped by Bossier City, Louisiana and, and I was staying here for past uh, 19 years. So what was it about Bossier that made you say like these people need this restaurant? Well, I like a smaller town. Uh, people are friendly over here. I, I, I like the lifestyle and the people uh, here. Where were you coming from to San Antonio? Uh, Illinois. Okay. And then we uh, spent a few months driving, me and my ex-wife. So what was in San Antonio that you were going for? That's a restaurant that's for sales. and. Uh, oh. So you chose Bossier over San Antonio? Definitely. <laughs> I really like San Antonio. Oh, you do? Yeah, but Good, yeah. I think I might like Bossier better. People will say hi to each other. You don't have to worry about the crime rate. I want to, you know, pick a place for uh, where I want to raise the family. This is probably as good a time as any to point out that Lim doesn't really love to talk about himself or the restaurant. He really seems to just want his work to speak for itself. He's quick to point out that his incredible staff, including his longtime manager, Holly Lim, who, by the way, is not related to Quan Lim. Isn't that something? She works incredibly hard to keep the magic alive at Lucky Palace. So we recently spoke with Holly Lim about what it's like working for Quan Lim. So here's what she had to say. Basically, he lets me be the boss. I have noticed. <laughs> he turns everything over to me and um, anything that I do, I always run by him and he's like, just do what you want to do. Best boss ever. So, um, when you came to Lucky Palace, did you know much about Chinese food or wine? Like, what was that like for you coming in? Um, Chinese food, yes, because my husband's Chinese. Um, wine, no. Lum, Lum has taught me everything I know about wine. What's some of the, the best learning experiences you've had? Has he ever been like, this is a wine you need to know about, and like, it's changed you? Yeah, um, I love Sauvignon Blanc. So, um... I guess by me loving it, um, I, of course, I have a big interest in it. So him teaching me how to taste, um, you know, like the um, the first thing when you put in your uh, mouth, the palate, and then the last, you know, the last taste, the finishing. Um, it's very interesting in some of the wines that Lim has made me taste. And he makes me taste everything. Is there anything that you've been like, this is disgusting? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. One night, um, in fact, Greg Mobley, one of our really good customers, 
one night he was in there and he opened a bottle of uh, Chardonnay and it was real buttery. This was like a $300 bottle of wine. Lim gives it to me and I said, I can't drink this. And they could not believe that I wouldn't drink it. You just didn't like the butter? Didn't like it at all. Mm -mm. They were like, this is a $300 bottle of wine. I said, I'm sorry, I can't do it. So. If, if you had to tell someone, if someone was going to Lucky Palace for the first time, what would you recommend that they order? Like food, wine, like this is the ultimate experience for your first time through. Um, the first thing I do is uh, I ask them if they like duck or if they've ever had duck. And of course we start off with the duck on sky and pancake. If they turn that down, I go to the northern duck. Okay. Um, I think that that's one of the best things on our menu. Um, if they won't step out of their comfort zone and they're kind of Chinese-American, I always go for like the jalapeno T-bone um, or something like that. I mean, a lot of people, general chicken, you know, and I try to, I, honestly, I try to steer them away from it because if people do not try, they don't know. Yes. You know, and so I... I I try my best to steer them towards that. That's cool. So, here we are. Close your eyes and envision this. A lazy Susan in the middle of the dining room is covered in dirty dishes. Several empty bottles of wine are on a service tray next to the table. Maybe someone's taking a selfie with the bottles. You and your friends have added in bed to the end of one another's fortunes, and the bill has been split up. But before you head out into the real world again, take a look around. Commit it to memory. Because for some of us, the nights we spend at Lucky Palace are just about the best nights we've ever had in True Proposure. That's, that's true for me, and I know it's true for Chris. Bigger cities may have better entertainment, they might have friendlier politics, or bigger economies. But when you're slightly limified... Full of crispy T-bone and an Alsatian Gewurztraminer that Lim dropped by the table to recommend. You walk through that filthy hotel lobby and into the cold night thinking, God damn, we've got it pretty good here. So we end this episode with a toast to Quan Lim and Lucky Palace Chinese Restaurant, semi-finalists for the 2018 James Beard Award for Best Wine Program. I'll drink that. Oh. Yes, please. Every episode of Stuffed and Busted, Sarah and I have a segment that we call Stuff It or Bust It. So basically, this is something that we've eaten locally that we either loved or hated. It's pretty obvious, but stuff means you want all of it you can take. Just bring it all to me. Uh, and bust it means I'm over this, I'm off it, this is, this is a played trend, or it just sucks. So those are the ground rules. And, well, and also the name comes from the ways we like to eat shrimp in Shreveport Stuffed Shrimp and the Busted Shrimp and the Shrimp Buster at Herbie K's. Yes. And one of these days, I am going to get orders of both and then wrap the stuffed shrimp in, in the Busted Shrimp. In the Busted Shrimp. And dip it in, you know, the tartar sauce that comes with the stuffed shrimp. I think that could be like... Or the buster sauce. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, right? 
Maybe it's I a mean, combo. It's a bo- you mix them together, make a new sauce. Oh, you can tell that we we have so many more horizons to explore on the Stuffed and Busted podcast. But as you may have heard, this may be the last episode. So let's do our Stuff It or Bust It segment. Sarah, what are you going to stuff? What are you going to keep? Um, You know, these days I am working a lot out of coffee shops or out of our house. And uh, I love coffee. For those of you who don't know, I did a little coffee roasting apprenticeship at Rhino Coffee. And I'm really excited because uh, Rhino recently um, updated their coffee program. They've got a couple of new coffees. And I really like their new Dominican Republic coffee um, that is from the Barahona region. And I don't know a lot about coffee from the Dominican Republic. I'm still learning a lot about what makes coffee there really good. But apparently coffee grown in the Barahona region is like the best coffee from the DR. Um, and so if you're going to Rhino, you're getting some really awesome coffee. Well, you're, um, and a lot of people don't know this about Sarah, uh, but she is a roaster apprentice. So how, how would you, you know more about roasting than most people? I don't, so, I don't know. Whatever. Well, well, I mean, then that, <laughs> give me that you know a lot more about roasting than the okay. average person. Yeah, yeah. Um, since you have done it professionally. <laughs> but the, what's the roast on these Dominican? Um, yeah, this is a medium roast coffee. It's also got a, like a nice medium body. Um, and so for me, like uh, I've spent a lot of time learning a lot about African coffees, which are more like a light body. They have a lot more acidity. They're brighter. Um, and this Dominican coffee um, has much more of a full body. It's got much more of like a bold profile, which I used to really turn my nose up to. But um, I think our local community really likes bolder um, darker roast coffee and so this is a nice way to kind of like slide into like if you want to try some really like hipstery like single origin coffees like this might be like a gateway drug for that um, <laughs> it's got like this really nice like sugar caney earthy sweetness to it that I really like in coffee right now I'm also like getting into coffee from Guatemala and a lot of that Guatemalan coffee has that um, sort of earthy sugar cane flavor and to me like I grew up like eating sugar cane like you we'd go out to the sugar cane field and like cut a piece off and you'd like suck on it so like that flavor to me like really takes me back to my childhood um and so drinking the the coffee from the dr is like yeah like instant and also the the crew in rhino downtown where i work a lot during the day is really like everybody's really pitch perfect right now everybody really cares about every cup of coffee they're pouring and so shout out to those guys they've really made like my coffee going (laughs) experience um very positive and another cool thing about um this dominican republic is it's a direct trade coffee so rhino is buying that coffee directly from the growers in the dominican republic and that means more money goes to those people who really live um in substandard uh quality due to like the agricultural realities of growing coffee um, and so for me as a, a, a frequent coffee consumer, <laughs> I like to give as much money as possible to the people growing the, the actual bean there in the, in the Dominican Republic. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm just going to say it. I know it is exciting for you to be really proud of and excited about a rhino brew. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And we, when I was apprenticing there, we tried a bunch of coffees from the Dominican Republic. I don't know if this is one of the, the ones that we specifically were roasting and testing at that time. But um, I I am just really excited to see uh, Shreveport getting some options for coffee beyond what we typically think of, um, which is like typically like a dark roast with tons of syrupy 
notes and then you know you process it with a bunch of froth milk and a bunch of syrup so you don't even taste the actual notes of the coffee um and so yeah i would encourage people to go and have this just on regular drip uh there they could probably pull you an espresso with it if you wanted um which might be pretty good i haven't had it that way actually i might ask them to do me a solid and try that i'm looking at my watch <laughs> is it too late for express for espresso no it's never too late for espresso <laughs> so what are you gonna bust what are you over in the shreveport bossier uh food and drink world oh so we're gonna do like a little layer sandwich so we like to talk good bad good bad yeah why okay, not why okay not? i like this okay so i because you and i have been stuck at home so much chris just had surgery and he's recovering really well and also i've just been working a lot of really late hours um it's been hard, A, for me to cook, which is like one of my passions in life, and B, for us to get out to new restaurants. And so we've been using a lot of like delivery services, and I am just like really busted on delivery food. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's not necessarily how much the food suffers in transit, because that varies from restaurant to restaurant. The other night, I had one of the best meals I've had from a barbecue joint um, delivered. And I think that barbecue just insulated really well yeah. and it traveled really well. It got there juicy and all of that. It was wonderful. It my was, bread was nicely steamed yeah, on my sandwich. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. it wasn't, it didn't suffer. But if I think about like, say, street tacos, you know. A, I want to eat those right there. Right, right there. Yeah. Like a 15 minute car ride just murders some tacos. But it's not just that. But to me, like part of what you're paying for when you buy food from someone is you're, you're, buying the opportunity to be in their space and experience that food in the in the environment that they've set up to experience it in and I, I i just miss that it's not that i'm hating on these like delivery services i just i think it's time for us to make a little pivot in our, in our reality go someplace and eat there word i got that i get you i get you i hear you and i think i completely agree with your stuffed and busted so do you want to hear but I would I'm, like to to know, Chris, what are you busted on? Uh, oh, we're going to do two negatives. Okay. Because we'll end on a positive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. I am busted on bad king cake. And I, I, I don't believe in calling out small businesses by name um, on, on this show or anywhere else, really, because these folks have enough challenges already. But there are a lot of, and I just want us to all have a come to Jesus moment. And I don't want to make anybody mad. <laughs> But this is this. It comes from a place of love. But there are a lot of us making king cakes and selling them to people when we have no right to be. <laughs> well, yeah. I got one this season from a Bossier City quote unquote bakery. Now, I don't think this thing existed before this Mardi Gras season. Um, and I don't know if it'll exist after Mardi Gras season. Someone brought it to me, so I didn't go to their storefront. I don't know if they have one. It was commercial pizza dough um, with cream, like <laughs> with, with you know, icing and colored sprinkles. And they didn't think about how many sprinkles and how much syrup they drizzled and stuff like that. And <laughs> so it just like it, it melted into a black pool in the center. <laughs> Um, and it turned the white icing they had put down gray. Oof. And then, so you had gray icing, a black void in the middle, like a, like a, you know, like a gouge wound. Yeah. <laughs> and it was all on top of literal Pillsbury 
pizza dough you get from the grocery store. I just, you know, here's my thing. I hear from a lot of people that they think that king cake is just like a donut or it's just right. like a cinnamon roll. And that is that is not king cake. I just want to go on the record and say, like, that's not king cake. I, I'm, I mean, and we, we should do a whole episode about this. And please, someone sponsor... A, a couple, king cake episode. A couple, as, as we enter into Lent and we cannot get any. But next year. <laughs> but, okay, like the, the Southern Made Donuts King Cake, it is awesome. And I think it's actually a really cool North Louisiana thing that yeah. we can kind of call our own. But it's not a king cake. It's a it's a fun thing to eat during Mardi Gras. It's a king cake shaped donut. <laughs> and that's freaking badass that I can eat a whole king cake made out of southern made donuts like i keep that i love that i don't want to bust that yeah but i just think it's time for us to be critical of our local king cake culture some of it sucks yeah 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 and you know it's funny that we're talking about it because recently i was like you know what the best king cake i had this season was a six dollar king cake from brookshire's hallelujah yeah and it was delicious i mean we this is tmi but chris and i ate it by ourselves <laughs> over the course of two days yeah <laughs> and it was great because it was nice and flaky it was like the king cake i remember from my childhood you know it was everything i really wanted with a nice cup of coffee and yeah. uh, to me like king cake and coffee like it's, it's like that's what you have together you know what i mean it's not like uh king cake and daiquiri what's the point of that yeah <laughs> sugar on sugar <laughs> well i've had good um um, Whole Foods King Cake. I enjoyed a mm-hmm. slice of theirs. I thought it was, you know, not great. Surprisingly great. I liked it. I didn't think it was great. Yeasty. I thought it was good. Yeah. Um, the Sam's Club King Cake is totally acceptable. And and I know that's, I mean, I know I'm getting in trouble here with some people. Yeah, because I, we're, we're, we're just talking about big lo- big brands. We're not talking about some local folks that were making great King Cake. Right. Um, we really enjoyed, even though I said earlier, cinnamon rolls are not King Cake. Um, there's a gluten-free cinnamon roll king cake that was at uh, Well-Fed that's made by Scratch House Kitchen. Really good. I ended up buying some of those and shipping them to my friend Travis Stiles and his family in Colorado. I send them a king cake every year. And uh, uh, Travis is a celiac, like a legit one, not like the annoying ones we yeah, go, right. go to dinner with. And uh, and they really like those. I think it was one of their favorites out of all the cakes I've sent them. And I've definitely had local king cake that I really loved. And sometimes I do crave a slice of Lila's. Or, oh, yeah. You know, uh, absolutely. What are you stuffed on? What, what would you put up there with your, your stuffed shrimp? Oh, man. Right now, I think the one of the best menus items in either Shreveport or Bossier is the um, sweet potato enchiladas at El Cabo Verde. They are outstanding. And I think they're $7. You know, they're just incredibly affordable. But there's just so many wonderful big flavors. The sweet potato goes so, so well with their salsa verde. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. those two flavors together. Just, oh my God. And some great salsa too. I love that they bring it out warm. Yeah. Is that how salsa is supposed to be served? I have no idea. But it does make a difference. It is really nice. Yeah, it is really good. Um, we have had some really great meals at El Cabo Verde recently. And we, my mom came in to visit for New Year's and we took her there and she loved every single bite. And not that my mom is a picky eater, but like, you know, she's she's a, a good hearted Cajun woman who really knows how to cook and uh, she was she was a big fan and well, yeah and I think honestly um, we've kind of dumbed down a lot of people's expectations of like quote unquote Mexican food folks like your mom who probably have more experience at, uh, eating at places like Nikki's or Trejo's yeah um, so they kind of expect like a 
crispy taco and you know yeah yeah bright yellow cheese all over everything not this like vibrant fresh yummy right food that, like what they do at el cabo and I, yeah yeah what was the beverage that we had um during the holidays it was warm and it had um all that delicious fruit in it it was like a warm tea and it had a cinnamon stick and was it guava i'm not sure what that's called i want to say that there's also a um a, a dominican equivalent of that a beverage it's like a hot root tea but it's got all these fruit flavors in it too oh, it was so good it and, was so great it really hit the spot during mm-hmm. that cold snap and i added a shot of what was it mezcal which was really smoky to mine uh, yeah and it just made it i mean it was just a really incredible spiked tea slash cocktail thingy but yeah el cabo verde is doing really well right now but i did not expect to like the sweet potato enchiladas as much as i do i think they're my favorite dish there now more than the tamales or more than anything I've had. So I, I love that um, that dish. And I've nearly rambled for about five additional minutes about, this, <laughs> um, about the stuffed waffles at Bonton Coffee oh, yes. uh, downtown. Yes. If you are ever downtown, even remotely around the morning hours, go buy uh, Bonton Coffee in the Red River District and get the stuffed waffles. So there's a whole variety of them. It's not just like a savory one and a sweet one. Like he's just got a whole variety of delicious flavors. Yes. So you can get, you know, bacon stuffed inside of a waffle with scrambled eggs and cheese or, um, uh, you know, sausage crumbled up inside the waffle with bacon and eggs. It's just like, it's bananas. I don't know how they get these ingredients into the waffle while they're making it, but the waffle mm-hmm. still comes out crisp and delicious. And here I am rambling about <laughs> them it's really really a good dish well i think we've come full circle on stuffed and busted because we were just talking about something that was stuffed so mm-hmm. uh yeah and that that would be our stuffed and busted for this time frame of which we are releasing this episode <laughs> Before we play that dope outro music by Nate Tremay, we wanted to let you know that this may be our last episode in Stuffed and Busted. As you may have noticed, it's been like a year and some change since we published our last episode, and a lot has just changed for us personally and professionally during that time. It takes hours upon hours of research, writing, scheduling, editing, mixing, and we may have bitten off more than we can chew with this podcast. Here's the deal. In order for us to make more episodes, we need to know that you're interested and care about Stuffed and Busted. That means sharing this episode, telling your friends, offering to sponsor an episode. It's super cheap, like $100 cheap. But if we don't see some signs of interest, we do have to prioritize other projects. So um, you can send us an email at hello at allyallblog.com if you dug this. Um, Share it. Please help us actually determine whether or not we have an audience for content like Stuff and Busted. And thank you so much. If you're hearing this, you have listened to the entire episode. And Chris and I appreciate that just more than you could ever know. Thanks, y'all. Stuff and Busted.